What's going on, everybody? Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And just like we do every week, we're just bringing the fire today. Uh, I've got another great guest with me. I'm not going to tell you who he is just yet. What I am going to do is ask you to do a couple of things. First off, check out the Journey of a New Entrepreneur YouTube channel. That's where you can go and just kind of watch my, my journey. So the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast is more about other people's journeys, but the YouTube channel has been my, my vlog where you can go in there and watch how I've started the business with my son right after I lost my job and I was scared and didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And I saw some video online and decided, I guess I'll try the stupid idea of starting a window cleaning company. And uh, next thing you know, I'm pretty happy I did. It's like the best bad thing that ever happened to me and one of the best good things that's ever happened in my life as well. So the YouTube channel is where you can find that. If you want to connect with me, check it out at the Journey of a New Entrepreneur Facebook page. It's a good place. You can go like that. You can send me messages. We can talk back and forth. That's pretty cool too. And then uh, obviously you know about the podcast because you're listening to it right now. So I'm not going to plug that one. And uh, I just want to say one thing. I got like this cool shirt here. You can't see it if you're listening to the, uh, the audio only, but it says uh, you've got to be a fan of two things to get this shirt. The first one is going to be Responsibid, which is my, like the quoting software that I use. And then the, the other one is going to be The Office, the TV show The Office. And if you'll notice, it says you miss 100% of the, and then normally it would say shots, but it's marked down. It says bids you don't take and then it says Wayne Gretzky and then it says Michael Scott which is the office reference and then they even mark that out and it says responsive bid so I just want to say thanks to Kurt Kurt has uh, shown a lot of love to the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast he's been on it a couple of times uh, he's got a special for anyone that listens you can see it in the show notes you can go save a little money when signing up with responsive bid at j n e bid Dot com. Go to jnebid.com. You can get a cool special like that. Kurt, thank you for sponsoring the show. You're awesome. We love you, man. All right. So today we've got Jim Dubois. Now on paper, it looks like Jim Dubois, and I'm sure he gets that all the time, I'm assuming, but it's Jim Dubois. I don't, are, he, he might even be from New Orleans, a little, little French thing going on. I don't know. But uh, Jim, how the hell are you, man? Thanks for joining us. Hi. You are absolutely welcome. I'm thrilled to be on the show, Bobby. I am. I'm doing fantastic. I've been uh, thinking about it all day, and just uh, I did the bit to get on the uh, get on the computer with you. Now, Jim, where are you at? Are you up in Atlanta? Am I thinking Atlanta for some reason? Is that where you are? Not too far away, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North, basically Atlanta, right? Am I kidding? Am I, am I right? Uh, okay, so Charlotte, North Carolina, really close. <laughs> um, so, Jim, I saw you and met you for the first time about two years ago at the huge convention in New Orleans. So that was, let's see, if this was 2019 and 2018. So 2017, I think, was the, uh, the huge convention in New Orleans, which is cool. I'm actually uh, helping promote that a little bit this year. Which Are you going to be at that this year? I will. Branson, Missouri. Okay, cool. So you're going uh, to be doing one of the breakout sessions, I'm assuming? Nope, not this year. No kidding. I'm going to, to party with uh, some of the licensees we have and uh, hang out and have a good time and learn. I always go there to learn. I always learn something and to take back a, you know, a piece of nugget of information. So we're always learning, no matter small, big, large, or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, that's cool. I'm actually surprised to hear that because you've got a lot to share. Uh, I, your class was one of the ones that I, that really stood out with me when, when I went and I was just a baby in the industry because the event was in August. I started my business in February of that year. So we didn't know what the heck we were doing and, and you had good stuff and it was very, it was just inspiring and motivating because you were like, you didn't get up there as a motivational speaker. You were just up there saying, Hey, here's what we've done. And we've had a lot of success and broke the million dollar mark, I think at that point. And uh, I think you've been doing this for a while. I don't think you're spring chicken when it comes to uh, the service industry and window cleaning specifically, but nonetheless, thanks for doing the classes. The guys that are going this year are missing out that you're not doing one. I'm a little bummed, but I'll tell you this guys, uh, Jim's one of the people that you want to seek out at the hotel bar or lobby, or I don't know where he's going to be hanging out, but if he's down there, you want to, you want to go, you want to buy him a drink. I don't know if he drinks soda or beer, or whatever. That's up to him. And that's between him and you, but buy him one and pick his ear because he's got some good stuff to share. So on that note, Jim, give us the 90 second kind of overview of who you are. We, we don't know who you are and we want to. So help us out with that a little bit. You got it. I'm a regular guy. I, um, I'm an entrepreneur by heart. I will say that, and we'll get into that as much as you want to as far as that part of my story goes. Mm -hmm. I'm from Indiana. I'm a farm boy. I work on a farm and cows and pigs and silos and driving tractors and combines and all that stuff. And pretty boring out in Indiana, at least it was to me, the Midwest. And uh, I had big dreams, had no clue what I wanted to do. And I ended up moving out to the Jersey Shore. My uh, uh, stepsister lived out there. And I started my first window cleaning business out there, which we can talk about if you like. Uh, how I up, how uh, old were you when you did that? I was 18. 18? Okay, wow. Okay, so 18, first window business. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, when I was in Indiana, I graduated high school. I'm a military school guy. I was a bad dude. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, I was going to say, this, <laughs> maybe we got some good stories for the show here. My dad was Air Force, and I was going to follow in his steps, be a pilot in Colorado Springs and all that stuff. And, uh, but I had, I had more of an entrepreneurial drive in me, but I had no clue what I wanted to do. And uh, so this was back in uh, 82 when I graduated, and I uh, decided to, uh, well, I might as well take some college classes. I, back then, it was Steve Jobs and Apple Computers, so I figured, well, let me take some college classes on computers. Two months, I dropped out. So I'm a... Uh, I'm officially a college dropout. Perfect. And so, anyway, I ended up in North Carolina, Charlotte, and I've remarried. I do have one daughter. She'll, she's 19. She goes to UNC Chapel Hill, psychology major. Oh, so wow. proud of her. Straight A student. Remarried to my lovely wife, Tammy. She is uh, just as best as they come. She's adorable. But me personally, uh, if you know Charlotte, North Carolina at all, if you go north of Charlotte, there's a, an area called Lake Norman, and that's where I live. I love the lake. I love boating. Uh, I love the wakeboard and water ski and all those fun, good time things. Mm -hmm. And But I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm a boring guy, but I just love business. I just yep. love entrepreneurialism, and I'm just always studying stuff, and what can I do to make myself and my company and, uh, better? And that's, that's me. I, uh, I, I'm a military brat, as I mentioned, so I did live in Europe for a few years. I've traveled the Mediterranean and all throughout Europe, learned to ski in Biberweer, Austria, and just had some incredible experiences. And I, it's just a part of my life that I'm so grateful that I had the experience because I was 12, 13 years old, so it was pretty vivid to me. 
But I always had that inner drive to want to do something special in my life, but I just had no clue what it was. So have you ever worked for someone? You started, or let's say from 18 on, have you ever worked for someone or have you always been doing your own thing? Well, uh, we kind of chatted for a little bit there. I did work in a factory sorting out green tomatoes from red tomatoes. Okay. Was that difficult? I was prior to 18, but uh, I had to throw that in there. (laughs) When I moved to the Jersey Shore, I was 18, and I got a job washing cars at a dealership. Okay. Talk about redundantly monotonous. And I would finish all the cars, and I'd have to start over the same day on the first car that I washed and wash it again. No kidding. That didn't last very long. Then I got a job. uh, (laughs) Then I got a job landscaping. And uh, I really enjoyed that, mowing lawns and the things that you do with that. But that was a seasonal thing. And uh, so I was reading through the Asbury Park Press newspaper, and I saw an ad in there about window cleaning. I'm like, window cleaning? How hard can that be? Yeah. And didn't really say a whole lot. It was, you know, back in the days of classified ads at the end of the newspaper. And uh, so I called the guy up, and I uh, decided to go in for the interview. And uh, so I, I – dressed in a suit and a tie, 18 year old kid, pulled up, I had a little Volkswagen I was driving, and uh, pulled up in the parking lot of a shopping center. Greg Forka and me, remember like yesterday, I had the job within five minutes. Commercial window cleaning route work. Okay. And I worked now, for Greg. Tell people what that is real quick for the guys listening. So what's, what's commercial route work? Because obviously that's not high rise stuff, but uh, what would that consist of? Imagine pizza, takeout places, restaurants, convenience stores, beauty salons, pet stores, clothing boutiques, grocery stores. He had a route of these stores that he had put on a program of regular window cleaning service, weekly, monthly, twice a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would do these stores in rotation every week, two weeks, whatever the program service was that he sold for these stores. I loved it. I loved it. I would get up at four or five o'clock in the morning. I'd go knock out these stores, these restaurants and, and, and all these stores on my little route that I did. And I'd be on the beach by noon. 18 years old, and yes, I had an, that, yeah. I had a great life. <laughs> wasn't making any money, but with, uh, all the Jer- with all the Jersey honeys out on the beach, you made your money. Well, I mean, you made some money at least in the, there in the morning. So that's pretty cool. All right, it was a good life, I have to say. And but that time, I worked for him for one year, and I'm the kind of guy. I'm a baby boomer on the trailing end edge. I have a I have a very strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to roll up my sleeves and get to work. And, uh, and I had that work ethic with him. And I worked hard. And I did it right. And I showed up. And I did the stores. And the customers were happy. And the long and short of it is he started taking advantage of that to a degree, putting more stars, stores on my route, no more pay, and, and little by little. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I really love this window cleaning stuff. I'm going to do it on my I'm going to try to do it on my own. So that one year time frame was a huge turning point that has determined the rest of my life. Hmm. And uh, one day I will, I will meet him and his partner, uh, Jerry Max, and I will give them a big hug and a handshake because they were a huge pivotal point in my life to this day. And I am ever grateful for that. 
that's a cool story. That's really neat. You know, one thing, as you're sitting here talking, I'm just thinking, because I can't wait to hear more about your story here, but I'm like, I'm talking to another guy that is doing window cleaning. You know, and I'm like, I remember like when I started the business, I, I stumbled across a video online and just kind of literally did it the next day. It was r- real crazy. My listeners have heard the story a hundred times. Lost my job, started a window cleaning company the next day. But <clears throat> at the time, it's like before I did that, I kind of thought, well, people that, you know, window cleaning is just like one of those things you see in movies. You know, it's like just they needed someone doing something. So there's some dude there, you know, cleaning windows. I just, for some reason, never thought it was like a real thing, but it's like, holy crap, there's this huge network of like awesome people like yourself, like our mutual friend, Mike Dalkey, who helped kind of help connect me with you to get on the, the show here. Um, all the people I've, I've uh, interviewed already. And I'm like, it's window cleaning, but it's, it's like really created a super neat culture of, of, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some turds in there, but a lot of really good, really interesting people. So uh, I'm already enjoying the story. You, you started working for some dudes, even though maybe they took a little advantage of you, you still respect and appreciate the opportunity they gave you. And I'm assuming the next, the next chapter is like you've become a competitor of theirs up there on the Jersey shore. Yes, that's exactly what happened. So I, I decided, I made the decision here I am, an 18-year-old 18 skinny kid with, had no idea how I was going to do this, but I was just going to do it. I was going to figure it out. So I started, uh, I started, I started just walking and talking storefronts, and I started picking up some customers. Now again, my $250 per week paycheck stopped. Yeah. Still had rent to pay, still had to eat. I had to figure this thing out pretty quick. That's the, one of the best motivators, isn't it? Necessity. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah. It, it will put your priorities uh, straight real, real quick. Mm-hmm. So I started, uh, so I had three places that I would eat during the day where I did not trade out for a slice of pizza to wash the windows. So this was my start. I'd go to Casey's Deli in the morning, 99 cent breakfast, two eggs, toast, whatever. Mm-hmm. We are subs for lunch for a dollar, bologna sub for a dollar. Rigger's Cafe for all-you-can-eat buffet for dinner, as long as I spend a dollar and buy a Coke. No kidding. So I was on $3 a day, and I began picking up stores and more stores and more stores, and it started to come together. Of course, my ex-boss and another competitor in that area saw that I was beginning to capture some market share. They did not like that, and they... Uh, well, they began going into my accounts that I was picking up. Yeah. Um, half, I'll do the windows for half price, they would say. And so I had, uh, you know, three steps forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. And I had all that going on. But any, any entrepreneur that's got drive and belief and self-confidence in themselves, they know they have to keep swinging the bat. Yeah. And if you keep swinging the bat long enough, you're going to hit the home runs. You're going to. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't quit. I just kept going. And eventually, the next area of conversation that we had is, Jim, you know, we got all these brand new shopping centers opening up here in Tom's River, the Jersey Shore, Bricktown, and all these areas. Why don't we just split the, the shopping centers into thirds? Because they knew I wasn't going to go away. 
Mm-hmm. So they better negotiate with me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a, tra- a treaty, if you will. Yes. Okay. So we did. And uh, of course, for some reason, I always got the bad end of the shopping center. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah. So I decided I'm not going to do this. Uh, we'll just, we'll just keep going, you know, and fight to the end there, I guess, until we figure this out that there's enough business for everybody. And, uh, and that's pretty much what we did. And, uh, again, I was 18, 19, 19, 20 years old, early twenties when I was doing this, but I built a pretty cool little business to the point where I had a, I had a house that I rented on a lagoon on the, off the bay. I had a, a sports car. I bought myself a, a, a vet. I had a boat. Wow. And I had all these window cleaning accounts. And my friends started seeing this success. And it, it's, it's kind of like we all say, it's window cleaning, right? Yeah. But yeah. we can become successful at this. You know, I, I'm, I'm just loving your story. So, Jim, when I started the business, my, my son – who at the time was still in high school. So uh, he was, I th- was he 18? I can't remember if he was 18 yet or not, but he was, I don't think he was. He was still in high school. I think he was 17. And uh, so today he's, he'll be 20 here in another month. But when we first started our business, uh, I didn't, I don't get a lot of um, hate from at least people close to me because either I cut those people out of my life. I just kind of keep positive people around. But I'm also like, Six four two seventy. So a lot of people don't, they're not mean to me to my face. either. So I don't, I don't know what's, you know, I don't know which is which I'm not a tough guy, but I don't, I don't look real nice. But, um, but Caleb, his friends, they, uh, they were really giving him a hard time. They were his close friends and they were like, you know, teasing him for cleaning windows and it's silly to start a business doing that and calling him a window liquor and all this stuff. And he'd come to me and tell me this. And early on, like he wasn't getting a lot of money because it was like, he's, you know, he's living at home. He's just, he's being just a great kid, just trying to help, you know, help us pay, pay rent. But in month two, we're already getting some traction and making some money. And his friends, he just made it a point to deposit a check two weeks in a row with his buddies in the car with him when he went by and did it. And they stopped making fun of him real quick. You know, they thought maybe I should be a window licker <laughs> along with that. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. So you're 18 still and you've got a vet and a boat and everything or like at um, one, how long did that? I'm 20, 21 at this point. Okay. So a couple years into it and you're killing A couple years in. All right. And, uh, and it's interesting because a couple, three of my friends really took notice of what I was doing. One started his own little window cleaning business now. Um, another one, uh, Tony, he started his own window cleaning business and they're like, well, I want to jump on this band, this window cleaning bandwagon too. And, uh, Tony, he's still in business today. Wow. That's still in cool. business today up in Jer- at the Jersey shore, right? uh, my old stomping ground. So, uh, this business is, it's so unbelievable, but what happened is again, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneurial kind of guy. So I had my hand in, um, I, I had invested in these lighter machines, like cigarette lighter machines. Yep. So I had that. I, I flew down to Florida. I invested X number of dollars into that. Uh, and the, 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 the process behind that was to place these cigarette lighter machines next to high volume cigarette machines. Mm-hmm. 
And I had about 16 of them. So it was like a bending round I was putting together. Still had my little window cleaning business going on. And uh, so, but I wanted to try some more things. Yeah. So I had that going and that kind of crashed and burned. I didn't really do that well. And um, then a, um, a multi-level marketing thing came in front of me. And if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like the pyramid scheme kind yeah. of like. Yeah. And um, I met with this guy, um, it was at a diner and he started spinning circles on a napkin. Yep. I was fascinated. I'd never seen anything like that before. But I didn't sign on to that particular company. And, but I'm always kind of just searching. What else is out there? What else is out there? I'm just kind of, I'm hungry. I want, to, I want to make some big things happen. My business is going. It's happening. I got a couple of guys working for me, but I want to just keep on, keep on keeping on. So I found a, another opportunity came in front of me. It was a company called New Skin International. Anti-aging, sports nutrition, multi-level marketing as well. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it kind of on the side. And after a year of just playing around with it on the side, I was making more money with that than I was in my window cleaning business. Holy crap. Well, and as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, so you're 21, you, you've started this business where you're able to, you've got a Corvette, you got a boat, you got, uh, I forget the other things that you'd mentioned. And I'm thinking, how, how the hell do you even have, have a side to do something on? It sounds like you'd be so busy. Were you still, were you doing all the work in that business or had you already successfully um, scaled and, and brought some people on and to, to do that work for you? Scaled to a limited degree, mm-hmm. had a couple of people that worked for me, but I was still on the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still a technician, you know, okay. making it all happen. All right. and, uh, but the money was was reasonable mm-hmm. uh, for a kid in his early 20s it doesn't take a lot of money to to have a reasonable money to kind of change your life a little bit yeah yeah and i like toys who doesn't like toys yeah too much uh, and i just kind of just kept going with that but i wanted to do more mm-hmm. I, I had more ambition as what else can i do what else can i get my hands in and uh so this new skin opportunity uh started doing very well for me and i'm like wow this is really interesting so i ended up selling done right window cleaning that was my company back then mm-hmm. i ended up selling done right window cleaning to the company that i worked for hmm. and went full time into this multi level marketing deal selling it to the old the old guys that you had to do the treaty yes. with and everything okay yes <laughs> they wrote me a nice check i took it i was like we're good we shook hands everything was fine and uh, and i went full full speed into this, um, this network marketing opportunity. And, um, I was 25 when I, when I got involved with that company. And so I did the window cleaning from 19 to 24. And at 24, I was full part time with the network marketing and then I went full time with it. And then, uh, it, it just began to go. I, I it, I built it. I had 2000 people in my organization. We were moving $200,000 a month wow. in product my life changed to where I was, all I was doing was hotel seminars and motivational speeches and trainings and people from the, the, the Northeast would be coming to these things. It'd be the grand ballroom of the Holiday Inn, three, you know, like these huge conventions, mm-hmm. uh, wide of room. And uh, I wow. was- In 25. This I was so excited. I, I felt like I was at the top of my game mm-hmm. and I would, 
I would take how my income was growing and I would trend it out over like two years and I'm going to be a multimillionaire. It's just time now because it's just growing. People were making so much money so fast, Bobby, that the media got a hold of it. All of a sudden, they completely spinned it around that this is an illegal pyramid scheme and all these different things. And when the media gets a hold of it, you know, it, it, it can do things. Yeah. And it turned into a negative thing, and my organization began to just fall apart. I tried so hard to save it. My income was in the five figures a month, and it just started going down, down, down. And um, so that brings me to where I'm at today, in a sense. I uh, said, all right, um, this is not working for me. My income got down to a point where it stabilized, but it's just that's not what I wanted. So I said, all right, I'm out of here. I left the Jersey Shore. I moved down to North Carolina, and I literally started all over again. Literally. Now, what what uh, took you to North Carolina? My ex-wife, her folks live in the area, and uh, so we went down there on a vacation. Uh, I think it was the Christmas holiday. We, went over, we drove over Lake Norman, and I'm like, I want to live there. That's where I want to live. This is what we're going to do. So a couple months after that, we uh, sold my house, we packed up, and we drove down and started. She got a job working at a bank, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I had three or four different options. Window cleaning was one of them. And uh, so as the story goes, I I was on Independence Boulevard. We needed a mattress, so I walked into a place called uh, Carolina Bedroom. And when I walked in, I just noticed the windows were so dirty. And I said to myself, I'm going to pitch this guy on the window cleaning. Mm -hmm. And if he goes for it, that's what I'm going to do. Granted, I had no equipment. I was still driving my vet. I I just wasn't. uh... So he, of course, said yes. And I said, give me just a couple of days, and I will be out here, and I'll make your windows look like there's nothing even there. Hmm. And I did. Out of my vet. Yeah, my bucket, my pole, and and then I started. And uh, at it. that moment, that was April fifteenth, nineteen ninety six. I made a decision. I'm going back into the business, and I re not re. I so what I'm looking for. I, I I set goals and I put together a vision and a business plan and how I was going to do it better and bigger and differently this time and I set on I my shipped my my ship just started to sail and I was on it I was on course and I had to keep it on course and I began building and I began building like like never before I knew what I wanted to do I knew what the potential was and I had a dream and I was going to go for it and I, and I never stopped I'm still doing it today so the same business since 96 in the same location yes that's impressive that's that's really cool now so, so tease us a little bit, because I know there's a lot of story between then and now, but what's the business look like today? Well, let's see. Where should I start? All my dreams are coming true. Okay. But I will tell you, again, I'm just a regular guy. I don't have the magic pill. I don't have, I'm not, I'm not charmed in any way. Anything that I do, I have to work very hard at it to make it successful. I, I just... I don't have that ability where I would, where some people have the Midas touch and they can just turn something into a dynasty with not a lot of effort, it seems like. And it may seem like that on my end, if you look from the outside looking at my story and my company, but it's not the case. I work 
I work harder. I worked harder probably than most of the people listening to your podcast right now. Mm-hmm. It's not like anything just comes easy to me, but it goes back to what I was saying before. I just don't quit. I just keep yeah. swinging the bat is the analogy I like to use. Today, my company, we're right at the $2 million mark. We, there's 40 people that make up my company. We're, um, we have two distinct divisions. One is commercial storefronts. We're 3,500, pushing 4,000 storefronts, somewhere in there. Wow. These storefronts are all on a program, weekly, monthly, like I kind of talked about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's been going on for 23 years now. And I got to tell you, Bobby, we're picking up, think about this, 23 years, the same market, same buildings, new buildings, of course, same stores, new stores, of course, same area. 23 years later, we're still picking up, we're picking up more stores today than I was picking up when I first started 23 years ago. Hmm. It's the, the market, it just keeps on going and going and going. It never ends. And um, it's, it's actually, when I think about it, I'm like, how big can I grow this? Thing? <laughs> 23 years in. You know what I hear with what you're saying right now, which I've kind of got like my own little pet peeves when it comes to talking to other guys that are in the business or that are, that have tried, you know, quote unquote, tried it. And, and all these people that, that always, um, they complain, they have excuses. Um, you know, uh, I hope you don't have virgin ears. They're, they're little bitches, you know, they always want to talk about how, uh, you just can't do it. You know, it's different here. It's like, Oh, you can't, you, you're building a a dynasty. You're building this, you've built this just mammoth company doing storefront windows. The very thing that people say, well, you just can't make a living doing that because it's a race to the bottom. I started doing storefronts at the very beginning. It was just kind of was natural, like the easiest way to make a buck today. And I stopped doing it because I was having a hard time making it work for me. Now, in hindsight, I probably could have done it if I had some different focus and vision. But, but I hear a lot of people, uh, they'll give the excuse, well, you can't do the storefront thing. There's too many people out there that'll do it for nothing. They'll undercut you. Or uh, you can't do it in my area. You don't understand it's different. And what I know you've had some failures along the way because that's just kind of how it works. I've never met a successful person that didn't have a lot of failures along the way. But if I'm a betting man, what you did not have along the way was a list of excuses. You know, it wasn't like, well, I'm in a new area. I don't know anyone or ah, there's already established companies here, you know, or if, or the someone that doesn't have the excuse of there's established companies here, there's a guy that, that is established and says, ah, the market's already saturated. I just can't grow any bigger. You know, there's all these things, but I bet you, you don't ever say those things. Am I right about that? You're absolutely right. I had every one of those in front of me, every single one of them. New area, didn't know anybody, didn't really know the area to navigate through it. It was brand new. I'd never been there before. Here I land two months later and make the decision to do it. You know, you know what it is, Bobby? It's the, it's the dream stealer, maybe in our own household. It's the dream stealer, those that we associate ourselves with. It's the dream stealers that just do not want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. No one wants to see you rise above them, especially financially. Yeah. And they will tell you all the reasons why that cannot work when they have no clue. They have no clue. Mm-hmm. 
and there's the dream stealer inside of us. Inside of you, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and again, I think a lot of that, like, I don't think everyone that has those excuses. So whether it's someone that's saying, here's why I can't do it. Sometimes I'm sure, I'm sure you've got this because I've been on the scene this, this long, you know, for those listening, just, you know, uh, I'm just using my fingers and saying just a little bit, a little pinch, uh, been on the scene just that long compared to you, Jim, you know, in, in the business here. And I get it as well, but people that'll say you're lying, Jim, you don't got a $2 million business doing storefronts. You're full of crap. You know, you're, you're lying. You're let's see the tax returns, you know, and things like that. But I think sometimes people are just naysayers. And then other times I think, uh, people have become accustomed to um, not getting their own results and they, then they just assume that others can't. And I think the, the reason people don't get those results is there's like a lack of humility. Um, I, I think being self-aware and being humble are, they're not the only keys to being able to be successful, but I think they're probably the two pillars because hard work, hard work is like, um, it's a vehicle but like self-awareness and humility is maybe the road that that vehicle can ride on. Because if you're not humble, you'll see someone else do it and you want to refuse that the fact that they could do it and you couldn't. And now all right. of a sudden, either maybe they're a liar or all of a sudden, well, you don't understand it's different where I'm at or, well, they got lucky, you know? So I think the lack of humility does that. And then the self-awareness, you know, you've got to, you've got to be able to see your weaknesses and, also, if you see a weakness and you don't have the humility to change it, that that's a, uh, you know, it's like you can do everything, everything else could be in place. But if you don't have those two things, you're just not going to get there. And uh, so I, I see those things in you. This is a cool story. So let me shut up and you can kind of keep talking. So, so today you're around 2 million. I'm sure it's just been peachy keen. You, you walked into that mattress store. You, you quoted the, the windows, got the job, made the windows look great. And then everything between then and now has just been awesome. You've hired perfect employees. You sold perfect jobs. You were profitable every week. I mean, is that pretty much how it went down? You just uh, perfect life? Pretty much. Pretty much, Bobby. Not. <laughs> yeah, not. No. Thank you. I was like, oh, my God, I hope he's not completely agreeing with me. <laughs> so tell Let me, me about qualify a couple things. Okay. Two things I want to qualify. We're approaching $2 million. It's literally right around the corner, so not quite a solid two million. We do a million in storefronts, mm -hmm. but I also have a residential side and a large commercial side and my licensing side that okay. makes up all of that revenue. Fair enough. The commercial window cleaning, 23 years running. And you know, it's funny because when I have candid conversations like this and we talk about, you know, it's hard, what's hard, what's easy our weaknesses, our strengths. For me, when I started, I was 32 when I started Squeegee Pros, my company. And one, I knew where I wanted to go with it. I had a vision. I knew where I wanted to go. I didn't exactly know the revenue, but I knew I wanted to build something to where it would go on with or without me. I just had to figure that out. Didn't know it. Didn't know what, how to do it. Wasn't quite sure how I was going to make that happen. But that was my dream. Then I just put my head in the trenches. 
And this, this other thing that I want to throw out there besides the dream is I set, a, I set a, a monthly target for myself. This is so simplistic. It is not hard to build a million-dollar operation. It's really not. Mm-hmm. I set a goal, target, $500 a month in storefronts that I want to pick up. That's it. I just want to pick up $500 a month. That's it. But, Bobby, I did that month after month after month after month after month after month for a long time until I, and again, you have to remember, I'm not the superstar guy that just can touch it and it turns to gold. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of the answers back then. Everything that I did and created literally came from my mind, blood, sweat, tears, not knowing, trying to figure out, failing, falling down, getting back up again, but just keep going. I'm the turtle. I'm not the fox. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so that, that one little goal that I set up, that $500 a month, was an absolute game changer for me in my business because I just put my head down and I focused and I focused and I focused on picking up that $500 a month. Then I got wise, smarter, and I began, obviously I was hiring people along the way. I was building routes. I'd hire a guy, put him on a route go back in, build another route, and keep repeating the process. We're 18 times in doing that now. Mm-hmm. A little more than a decade ago, I hung up the squeegee, and I started doing some different things through that time uh, to expedite the growth of my commercial window cleaning division, like acquisitions. Actually, acquisitions came into play not even a year in uh, was, I think it was the beginning of 1997, somewhere in that time frame. A guy, uh, he was washing windows next door to the store that I was doing. And we talked and had a great conversation. And then I saw him again the next week and the next week. And uh, then he said to me, hey, Jim, um, I'm looking to sell my company. Would you be interested? Never walked down that path before. And I said, well, Absolutely. But I had no clue what I was going to do, how this would even work. I had never done anything like this before. It was a completely new venture to step into buying out another company. Mm-hmm. We worked out the details. I bought his, uh, his storefront window cleaning company. But then a bell went off. Wow, that was kind of simple. And I just added another $3,000 a month to my ongoing revenue with my commercial storefronts. And paying them, but gosh, I'm not really paying that much and we have a term set, so it's not really costing anything out of my pocket. So that bell began to ring brighter uh, or louder. And uh, so I I put together an acquisition system. And today we've bought out 19 companies since that one that we did. So one every couple of years or however that breaks down. So that was one of the secrets, if you will, to, to, to my success. And the other secret, if you will, it's not really a secret, but it's just I, I was learning as I was going, and I'm like, you know what? I can sell these storefronts pretty good. Let me see if I can teach somebody else to do the same thing. I've got cash flow coming in. Mm-hmm. I've got enough money to put out to a sales guy. And now we have salespeople that go out and, and, uh, and pick up the storefronts for us. Very and nice. like I was... Uh, it's it just and again it just doesn't end they every uh, one of my sales guys last week picked up nine hundred dollars a month worth of storefronts last week wow that's you know see i come from an industry where you know where rmr is 
your lifeblood. So I came from security, uh, security systems and, you know, $900. If someone said, uh, you sold $900, that's actually a lot in reoccurring revenue to sell in a month because now I don't know what, it is. how long do you typically keep an account? Like, I'm sure you know, those numbers probably what, when you sell an account on average, how long does it stay with you? Boy, I would have to say it's a long time. We, here we are 3,500, 4,000 storefronts in, we lose four to 14 accounts a month. Oh, wow. So gosh, so that's virtually none. I mean, you know, like, well, that's, so let's just play with, let's be then ultra conservative. Let's be ultra conservative and say one stays with you for three years. Okay. So that guy that sold $800 in reoccurring revenue and you lose virtually none of it times 36 months, that's 28, that's $29,000 almost of revenue that that guy sold for you yes. last week. And now, that's, that's what's exciting about that. And I think as the, for the listeners, when you hear someone say, well, he sold $800, that's a lot more than it sounds like when you're talking about a reoccurring or recurring uh, model like that. Yes, it is. Now that was an exceptional week, but yeah, it happened, happened last it week. A big week though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His average is seven fifty to a thousand dollars a month. They'll pick up in storefronts and our average sales guy, and he's our sales manager. Our average sales guy is probably seven, $800 a month, something like that. Well, you know, I remember in the security industry, a sales, residential sales rep that could do $1,000 of RMR, you know, the, the $1,000 of reoccurring revenue, monthly revenue. Um, that was, he was a rock star. And that's with a creation multiple of like 19, meaning it's going to take 19 months to break even on that sell. So the company doesn't even start making money until month 20. Now with you, I bet you, I would assume the creation multiple is probably a two or three or a four probably. I mean like, you know, you, you got to pay your salesman. And then of course there's the technician pay. How long does it take usually to break even on, you know, if he sells a thousand dollars of, of revenue, um, how long until aside from the labor uh, that you've recouped your initial investment? Four and a half months. Four and a half months. So, yeah, that's a really good stinking business model. That's, that's really awesome. <laughs> I love it's, it. When you, when you really think about it, and I got to tell you, Bobby, I pinch myself almost on a daily basis because it's almost, I don't want to use the word easy, but it's almost too easy. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to put it out there. I'm not a special guy. I'm really yeah. not. It just, I just set a target. I just kept going and going and going. I, I learned some ideas to acquisitions, to, to hire a sales guy or a couple of three salespeople. It, this is not hard stuff to do. You have a decent sales guy. They're going to they're gonna add a couple of routes a year. Mm-hmm. And, and when you start, as you were doing, extrapolating these numbers, uh, turning seven figures in storefronts, it's, yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah. There's good days, there's bad days, and kind of like what we were saying before, did I have failure along the way? I wouldn't go as far as to say failure, but I certainly had those very difficult times building this thing. I'll give you an example. So I would build one route, and then uh, hire a guy, put him on it. Then I would build a second route, so on and so forth. 
So in there, in that whole midst of building these routes, you know, I've got guys working. I have humans that are working. Mm -hmm. Humans can go off in different directions sometimes and not do things like you want them to do. They might even quit. So some of my hard time struggles uh, building the commercial side was, well, here I am three quarters, five eighths into building another route and this guy just quit on me. I have customers to serve, so I've got to figure this out to get that route done and almost another route done at the same time. So here's the other side of the curtain with this. And you need to know, mm -hmm. up at three o'clock in the morning, get into Charlotte, first account, start doing it, and wrap up all the outside, start on the other route, finish that up, and then go finish the original route that I started that day. Not getting home till nine o'clock at night. That's the other side of it. This is the blood, sweat, and tears part of it yeah. that every, everybody that's new in this business, whether it's residential, commercial, whatever, you're going to go through it. And I've got stories to tell on every facet of this because I've probably have been through it to one degree or another. And you know what? It's easy to put your hands up and quit. Yeah. It's easy. You know, I was just actually earlier today, um, I, I ran it. So I still run sales appointments myself. I don't have a sales guy yet. But earlier today, I was in a sales appointment with the customer. I'm going to guess it was probably a $3 million home. It was, it was really nice in an old, old money part of the Orlando Metro up in Winter Park, if you know where that is. So it was a big, big house, and it was an old, historic you know, type of home. And he and I, we, we just kind of start hitting it off a little bit. And um, so I thought, you know, I'm just going to get a little personal. I said, I said, uh, you know, Mr. Jones, what, what do you, what did you do? Or, or what do you do? And he goes, as a matter of fact, nothing. I just retired in January. I said, really? I said, did you own your own business? He goes, yeah. He goes, my son took it over and, uh, he goes, uh, I was in the orange juice business. And I'm like, you know, that sounds about as crazy as the window business, <laughs> you know, if you think about it. <laughs> and we got to talking and we were uh, we were talking about that very thing that, that you were just saying, where it's like, um, you know, like in today's society, like entrepreneur, I I didn't even know what that word meant, you know, three years ago, to be honest with you. But um, it's it's like become such a it's a word that people like want to bestow upon themselves because there's kind of like some sexiness and some mystique and hot shotness that goes along with it because you see these Mark Cubans and Gary Vaynerchuks and all these people that um, those guys are the real deal, but, but they call themselves that. So everyone else now wants to be an entrepreneur, but their version of an entrepreneur might be a guy that plays video games in his apartment for four or five hours a day. His mom's still helping, you know, pay the bills and then they get frustrated as to why their random internet business isn't just taking off on them and so I'm having this conversation with this guy and he was just saying the same thing where it's like he did it for 35 years so he started it from scratch 35 years ago retired in January and as a matter of fact I talked I started telling him about my podcast and YouTube channel because I I'm trying to get him to be on the the podcast because it was mm. a big conversation and I never talked to my customers customers about this because on this stuff I'm just me I'm raw and you know you hear me cursing you might see me in my tank top with tattoos and all this stuff so I usually kind of hide that for my or I always hide that for my customers but he had the same sentiment he was just like people don't see 
they they think the entrepreneur thing is a real real glamorous thing, but in reality, then he starts telling stories similar to yours: the mm. three a.m. wake up, the the ten p.m. getting home, and then oh yeah, that was just a cover up for the guy that didn't call in. You also have your job, whatever that might be in the business that you have to get done as well. So, um, so props to you, Jim. It's inspiring. Uh, what's your involvement today in the business? Now, are you still putting on the belt if someone calls in or, or what? what what's a, a typical day look like for you now? Great question. This goes back to my dream. My dream was to build a business that's completely automated with or without my involvement, yet still paying me a decent income. And, and I, I achieved it. I arrived. I, uh, my day is um, Tuesdays and Thursdays I go into the office. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on a Monday, just kind of depends. Please understand that this is my passion. This is all I know. I love it. It's my, it's my baby. I like to see my baby, mm-hmm. but Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm in there when I'm there. No, I, ha- I don't, I don't pick up the squeegee anymore. And, and, and those things, not that I'm above that. Cause I'm not, Hey, yeah. I got to keep the business alive. That's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. And I'll do that in a heartbeat, but that's where the system implementation comes in the hiring the right people. But to answer your question, I'm looking at weekly surface reports. So my supervisors, my administration people, my sales uh, manager, they have weekly surface reports that they uh, must write and put or fill out and put on uh, uh, Christina. She's my president. She runs my company on her desk and my desk uh, Friday at five or before eight on Monday. And this keeps me clued in. So I'm looking at those reports. Christina and I, on the second Thursday of the month, we sit down and we we have a financials meeting. So we're going over uh, profit and loss statements, company-wide, division-wide. We're looking for red flags. I want to see that the company is healthy. So my hands are still in there, but I'm no longer working in the business. We've all heard the phrase, I work on the business. Yeah. What I love to do is I love marketing. I like tweaking policy and the systems that we have that we've created. So I do a little bit of that now. Uh, marketing, uh, we're, we're pretty much have the marketing campaigns company-wide all put together. And now I've put together marketing directives that I delegate out to um, those in my, on my staff that need to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I just, uh, I, I, so that's what I do on the squeegee pro side. And of course I have the, the other side of my business as well, the window washing wealth side. So I do spend time with that. Well, Wednesdays, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wednesday's date day. So uh, tomorrow, Tammy and I, we're going to go shopping. We're going to go driving around. We'll probably stop at a wine bar. We're maybe hit the movies. Uh, The phone is off and we just have a great time together. And it's important that you have that balance in your life somehow, some way. Because if you're an entrepreneur, it's easy to make it your entire day, your entire week. You've got to separate it at some point. Yeah. Now I'm smiling real big on that one. I just set a goal for myself and I, I think I I'm a little soft on the goal. I think I should probably tighten it up and make it more aggressive. But I said in 18 months, cause I'm still in the infancy of my business trying to scale this thing, trying not to take money out of it and all that and put it back into the company. But I said in 18 months, I want to be able to have, um, 
your version of Wednesday, you know, date day where my wife and I, I just one day a week during the week. Now I'm not talking about a weekend where we, we do our thing. So we live here in central Florida. So if we want to go to Disney world and just do that, all, you know, leave the phone off and we're just hanging out with Mickey mouse all day long, or maybe we want to drive to Cocoa beach and I'll get a tattoo at my favorite tattoo parlor. And then we'll go hang out and, and uh, sip some fruity drinks and listen to the waves, or maybe we'll drive down to Miami for the day, whatever the heck we want to do. But uh, that, that's, that's one of my, uh, you know, we'll call it, you know, my first uh, one seventh of retirement. You know, I, I'd like to achieve in the next 18 months where it's like one day a week when I quote unquote should be working. It's just fun day. It's just no guilt free. We're going to do our thing. And we've been building a business to allow us to do that. So that's cool. I love. Uh, well, I thank love you. Thank you. And you have to do it. You have to try to figure that out because you can work your life away, especially if you're in business for yourself. We know how yeah. it is. You get home at six, seven o'clock at night, then you got to do bills. You've got to figure out payroll and you got, it just goes on till 10. Then you're back yeah. up doing the same thing. And what happens is people put themselves into an environment where they have a job that they're calling a business. Mm-hmm. They're, they get themselves stuck in what I call this ignition stage. They're, they're stuck trading time for money. And it's amazing how many of us entrepreneurs, we don't quite know what to do to break out of that trading time for money mold, if you will. We, we bang our heads against the wall trying to figure out this anomaly to get through this wall, but we just don't know what to do. And at this ignition stage, so many people get stuck in it because the next stage beyond ignition is liftoff. You're in liftoff right now. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of people, you're growing, you're starting to scale out a little bit, but you're still wearing a lot of the hats. Yeah. And yep. uh, the, the successful entrepreneur does exactly what you do. You have the vision, you're, you're reaching out, you're building it, and begin taking those hats off. So when I was building my company, the, the first hat I wanted to remove was the administration hat. I don't want to take calls anymore. I didn't want to do billing. I didn't want to do the, the, the more the mundane stuff with bill paying and printing out invoices and all of that. And um, in, in, in the window cleaning business, a, a trigger point for that is about 20000 a month. When you hit 20000 a month, that means you've pretty much knocked yourself out physically. You've got a guy working with you, maybe two guys to hit that, those revenue numbers and window cleaning, pressure washing. It's time for an administration person. Mm-hmm. The funds are there to do it now. Yeah. And, um, and that puts you right into this liftoff stage, kind of like a rocket. You know, when you hop into a rocket, you turn on the key, it's sitting there rumbling. Mm-hmm. Just kind of rumbling. That's ignition. Easy. You're just sitting there. Just kind of going with the flow, the vibration. You're just sitting there looking at all the gadgets. You're, you're out on the glass, washing, getting paid, coming back home. It's easy, not mm-hmm. hard. You're trading the time for money. But as soon as you hit that switch, liftoff begins what happens when a rocket goes into liftoff i don't know a lot of energy a (laughs) lot of pressure a lot of gas and fire and there's a lot of turbulence that's going on there's a lot of volatility happening to get that rocket somehow through the atmosphere but that's liftoff. You're hiring people. You just bought the admin. Hopefully he or she stays on with you. You're, you're getting two, three, four, five employees on board now. You're trying to go from the twenty to the $40,000 a month range, still in liftoff stage. 40000 a month is a trigger point to bring on a supervisor to take that hat off. 
you're going through all of this and man, it is hard. Hmm. Commercial, residential, it is hard. And this is why so many people, they, they get their feet wet in this liftoff stage and they're like, I don't, gosh, I don't know how to approach this. I don't know how to pay people. I don't, policy, agreements, contracts, what the heck? I don't know what any of this stuff. And they go right back into ignition stage. Hmm. Comfortable. So comfort. Yeah, because it's easy. Because it, it, it just, that, that part is just hard work. And yes. most people that start their own business are hard workers. The beautiful thing is, is when you can systemize and you can scale out your business and you can start bringing those right people into place and you start taking those hats off, eventually that rocket is going to go into orbit. Hmm. Your business is going to go into orbit, autopilot stage, and it's just going to soar by itself. And that's the goal for the entrepreneur that has the dreams in front of them. And most of us, those dreams are to do what we want to do whenever we want to do it with the income to support. It. Yep. Uh, yeah. That really isn't that everyone's, I mean, everyone has a particular icon for that, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, it's not about the money. Well, it's not, but it's kind of about what the money can do for you. You know, you know, even if you want to go help, you know, orphanages in China, it's like, you still need enough money to, be able to do that <laughs> you know you need the yes. something that'll provide that that income and uh i'm so excited i'll tell you what just hearing you talk about that gets me excited because you know as you know uh you know if you could just go back with your memories because i'm two and a half years you know into my business it's like all i think of every day well half of my day is discouragement and thinking i'm totally failing and then the other half is thinking oh my god i'm doing this and and, um, and getting excited about the future and about like my date, date weekday thing that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about that. Um, my wife is actually about to start a, a service business. She's, she's got the bug and she's going to start a, really? yeah, she's going to, she's going to start a, 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 a housekeeping service. And she's like, I think I can do this and you can help me with X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, let's do this. And there'll be some synergy between our companies. You know, we can refer each other and stuff like that. But, um, but we, uh, I, I just get excited. Like I, I had a talk with my kids, uh, my two kids that are still at home because my oldest one is my business partner because I've had a real change of heart and uh, on like the whole college thing and all that stuff. Cause it used to be, Hey, you're going to college and there's no questions. Like I didn't go to school. Uh, my wife didn't go to school. I, I mean, she did a little bit, but I didn't finish. And, um, I said, you're going to college. And now uh, we had a conversation with them recently. And I said, here's the thing you guys have, uh, let's see here. Was it four options? I think so. Option number one, mm -hmm. just, you know, university college, you know, you can go, go, go do the traditional thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Option number two is um, trade school. Option number three is start your own business. And I don't mean the kind of business where you play video games all day and you designed a couple of t-shirts and hope people will go to some website and buy them. <laughs> and option number four is you can move out and take care of yourself. So options one, two, and three, you can live at home. Mom and dad will like pay for stuff and support you. And if you're starting your own business, you get to live at home and you get free food and just a burden that you don't need if you're doing your own business. If you're going to trade school or if you're going to university, we're going to support you on those three, but we're not going to enable you on the fourth one. We're not going to enable you to do nothing. So um, 
we still love you and you can still come around like one day a week and get a free meal, but that's it on, on, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. want to do that, do that thing. But I, uh, and I said, I hope you guys want to like be entrepreneurs. Now I don't need, you know, you guys need to be what you want to be. And if like building your own business, isn't what makes you tick, then you, you probably shouldn't do it. But the reason, you know, I'm having this conversation with my kids and I'm saying the reason I hope you do it is it's like the best thing I've ever done. And it's not just because I enjoy it, which I do. And there's pro- that's probably one of the reasons it's the best thing I've ever done. But what I love the most about it is I'm the captain of this ship now. And I'm not talking about the business being the ship. I'm talking about my life. I'm the captain I determine where I go. If it goes down, I'm going down with it. But mm-hmm. um, but it's on me. I I used to look. I was actually having this conversation with that customer that I was telling you about earlier today that that had the very successful business. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, uh, we both kind of we were sharing some some conversations we we had had with others. And I said, you know, I used to be the same way where I saw security like in a, a quote unquote real job. I saw security in the corporate world. And there was, I never started my own business because I was fearful because of the lack of security there. And I'm like, but, and I said to him, but now that I'm on this side of the fence, that's, it's really like comical to, to hear that now. Cause I'm thinking the security is not on the other side. You know, when you think about it, it's like the, the people that are really chasing the dream and, and making it happen and having that humility and the self-awareness and the, the work ethic and the education, you know, educating themselves to go along with it. Yeah. There's fear. Like, I hope I can make payroll tomorrow, but I always know that like, if I couldn't make payroll tomorrow, I still know that it's, I mean, that, that would suck. And I don't want to make light of it that if my employees, you know, had a short term, some mm-hmm. short term suffering, but let's just face facts. They're going to be Okay. And I'm going to be okay. And we're all going to live to fight another day. And the, uh, so it's like, there's, I, I look at being the, let's call it self-employed. I, I don't, that's the best term, but you know, an entrepreneur, I think that's like the most secure thing on the planet because it's like, it's my ship. I'm going where I want. And if failure hits, there's kind of like two stages of failure. There's the failure that like maybe stops you from one particular direction. And then there's another failure that just stops you. And mm-hmm. that's the one that is the real failure. The other one is just like obstacles and lessons, you know, and as long as you're okay to deal with that pain, man, that this is like the only way to do it. You know, it's the only way to do it. So I don't know. I, I don't even know what my point is on that. Now. I just remember you said something and it reminded me of that conversation with my children where I'm just like, I, Oh, I was just, hearing you talk about what you've done and, and your, your dream. Um, I don't know. It just kind of gives me goosebumps and gives me some emotions. Cause I, when I sell a job, I have a little script. And the first thing I say in the script to the customer is the first thing I want to say to you is that we are a family owned business. And when people like you hire us, you're literally helping us build our dream. And then I'll, what's that? I love it. Yeah. And then I say now as cheesy as that sounds, that's the honest to God truth. And uh, so I, I don't know. I love it. Jim, we're building our dreams, man. We're like captaining our own yes. ships. Isn't this awesome? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Window cleaning, pressure washing, you know, yeah. such a simple business model. Most people, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I tell the story and I, I think I've written the story in American Window Cleaner Magazine where I think 
one of the articles I wrote, I was a little brash in it, uh, just kind of in one of those creative writing modes, and I just kind of put it out there. And um, what I'm making reference to is um, I live in a, in a neighborhood that uh, has a, a village in it, and it's pretty, some pretty highfalutin people that go to this bar. Mm-hmm. And um, I bought this house about a year ago now, and you know, still getting to know people and all that kind of stuff. So Tammy and I go to the the bar restaurant, and uh, it's like, you know what? Let's go sit at the bar so we can talk to some people and meet some people. So the guy sitting next to me, you know how the conversation goes. So you know, my name is my name is. What do you do for a living? And he was a um, you know pretty high class banker type guy and all that stuff. And uh, he goes, well, what do you do for a living? And I love that question. Yeah. I think I know where you're going and I like it. I'm a window washer. <laughs> and I just stopped. I didn't say anything. Yeah. I just wanted to see the reaction, the expression on his face. And it was exactly what I thought it would be. Oh. <laughs> Looks around, anybody else I can talk to. And then we started talking again and I started telling him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he was so engaged in the conversation. You did that with window cleaning? Yeah. And uh, it's, such a, it's such a beautiful business that we're in. In fact, I have a, a phrase that I attach to it to, to us serial entrepreneurs, if you want to really get deep into the word entrepreneur a little bit. Um, you really can build a business where you can join a lifestyle of the rich and not so famous. Mm-hmm. you can you absolutely can and I'm telling you right now if I can do it and I know everybody's people other people say this but it's so true anybody can do this if you just yeah just get it together up here don't listen to the noise out there and you just put your head down and you focus and you only come up for air when you hit your target and you do it again and again and again it's you know if you're, if you're walking down the street, you can see ahead of you, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're building our business, we can see down the street, we can see all the obstacles that we have to face and all these things that we have to do to get through to be successful at it. What we can't see is around the corner. That's the dream. Hmm. We can't see it. It's, we think it's there. You just have to keep going down the street and eventually you're going to come to that corner and you're going to turn it and you're going to see the light. You're going to, all of the hard work and passion and energy, commitment, time, sacrifice, it is so worth it. It is so worth it in the end. But as you were saying before, you have to have balance in your life on that journey to your yeah. dream. You have to, because you'll burn out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jim, first off, this has been, uh, this, this is a fun, co- I don't even want to segue, but I know I need to be just because of time. I know I need to. This has been a really fun conversation already. Thank you. Um, Me too. The, I do want you to talk about um, uh, the window wealth thing though. So I know a little bit about it, but you've got a, I don't know if the best way to describe it would be a coaching program, but you, you help guys that are Basically, well, I think you help people all the way from guys like almost on day one and also people that have been doing it for some time but just haven't been able to get traction 
you, you help coach these guys and actually have like a system and like a network because you had said you're going to be hanging out with your network guys down at the huge convention, I think at the beginning of the, the podcast here. Um, tell us a little bit about that and like what you do, um, why it might be, you know, give, here's an opportunity to give a commercial, you know, talk about like the, the, what this window wealth thing is and how it helps people and, and, and who it could be good for. Great question. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Windowwashingwealth.com, windowwashingwealth.com and windowwashingwealth.com slash testimonials would be the place to go. Okay. Pour a glass of wine, get yourself a beer. I like French martinis. Sit back and relax and just read. It's going to take you a little while. <laughs> this is geared to the entrepreneur that is either looking to get into the window cleaning business and doesn't want to go through all the trials and tribulations to get to the end result. And it's for the existing window cleaning operation business person that is at that stage in their business where they just don't know what else to do. They are banging their head against the wall. They're stuck. And we have, I, they're, they're, I call them licensees. This is not a franchise. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's an upfront fee. There's a coaching fee and those kinds of things that go to it with it. But I, I was talking to a gentleman today and two, actually two gentlemen today and that are looking at this. And one has a uh, pretty sizable operation, over 300000 a year, mm -hmm. but he's stuck. Hierarchy, systems, uh, other things to get to the next level with his dream. I was talking to another guy that's been in the business for eight years, part-time in the beginning. He went full-time in 2016. He built it to $150,000 a year, but now he's stuck. He doesn't know what to do next. I was talking to a guy, um, he has a $425,000 a year company. He doesn't even know how he got there. He's wearing every hat. He's in the truck, not in the truck. He's just, it's just a, it's a wish wash. And if you imagine butterflies just flying in your stomach all over the place, my job is to put those butterflies in formation, turn your company around, change your mindset, start setting targets and goals, but putting structure into your business and redesigning. I don't like to use the word redesigning because we're not redoing your business. We take your business wherever it may be, or maybe it's at nothing. Mm -hmm. And we implement branding. We implement uh, an outside perception that the public looks at your company like, whoa, not knowing it's a one man show, say that looks like a million bucks. We create the outside perception we implement the branding, the inner reality. The inner reality is the, let's start putting together policies and agreements and structure and systems and all of those things. We find out what the person's goals are. Let's say they're at 10,000 a month and they wanna be at 100,000 a month. Let's say they wanna be at 35,000 a month, 12 months from now. Mm -hmm. I lay out a growth trajectory. I will tell the person exactly what they have to do to hit that at 25,000 a month, to hit that 35,000 a month. Hmm. We have growth trajectory models. We have uh, stacking implementation for market, uh, residential market domination. We have price positioning points that, are, that I've only heard one person in my 23 years ever talk about, and it was on a whim conversation. And we have taken that to a whole nother level so that you can turn a 
$200 job into a $1,000 job, and there's a whole process to that. We have uh, things that we teach, uh, world-class service elements. I have yet, with all the service providers that have been to my house and other houses to do things for me, I have yet to see anybody that does what we do. We raise the bar so high, and I'm talking more residential now. We yeah. raise the bar so high. So I know a lot of your listeners probably have their market is the residential. Yeah, side. yeah. Probably probably my too. market of residential is the upper middle class, the affluent, and the super affluent. Mm-hmm. Like the $3 million home. That you yeah, yep. Understand, they speak a different language mm-hmm. than the middle class or the upper middle class. And you have to know how to cater to those people. So we raise the bar with all the different things that we do, which I've yet to see anybody do what we do to the full gamut. Anyway, my job is to take that person and teach them, show them, work with them, pull them, push them, nudge them to get to where they really truly want to go, but they don't know how to get there. And, and I say with confidence, I've blazed my trail. I know how to do it. It's the only, if I know anything, it's one thing, it's window cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty daggone good at it on the business side, especially too. And I can take that person, provided they have the wherewithal, the, the time, they're willing to put in the, the time and the energy and the commitment, and they really, really want it bad enough, I can get them to where they want to go. And that's window washing well. That's what it is. It's, uh, it's, it's something that when I, when I, after I built my company, which I still work on it, but not in it, I got to the point where, one, I, met, I, I was talking with this with my wife. I had this little dream that I wanted to do something like this a decade ago. She said, we'll do it. That pushed me to start. Then when I started looking at how I wanted to approach this window washing wealth thing, I started looking to see, well, what else is out there? There's franchises, pretty expensive to get into. And a lot of regulatory aspects to that. They, you know, it's pretty rigid. So I'm like, you know what? I'm seeing a void here. Nobody needs to be putting out, in my opinion, $30,000, dollars $50,000 for, for a window cleaning franchise mm-hmm. when they can hire a coach. And the coach I think I, I think I agree wholeheartedly on that because the, like the, the, the expensive systems, like the softwares and the this and the that, they're out there and they're affordable. Like, you know, yeah. so you don't, you don't need a big franchise to provide that. You, there's, there's a half dozen of them. I could rattle off the top of my head right now that, that you can just plug into a business. The, um, you know, getting logos created and getting stuff like that. It's not that expensive. Uh, there's a lot of books and opportunities. You get a coach that can keep you on the right path. You can create, uh, you can generate all of the customers for I think a fraction of the price that you could if you went out and bought that really expensive um, franchise and then had those dues and and all of that stuff that you have to pay on top of it and don't have complete creative control and comp- uh, you're not a hundred percent the captain of your ship either in in many instances that's right that's right I mean you are the complete captain to your ship I don't dictate or demand anything I suggest I guide I show you my company I show you my financials I show you my books I show you everything you copy everything that we have a licensee gets their own territory so there's no competition we have 21 licensees around the country in Canada right now 22 and 23 coming on looks like this week and I'm excited about that this is like the the part two to this my wife nudged me and the part two to this is I was getting kind of bored at squeegee place. Didn't have a whole lot to do. Yeah. And I had this little vision a decade ago, like, I don't want to do this. 
And so I started doing it and I found that people are responding to this. Mm-hmm. There, there is a need, whether it's people looking to get into the window cleaning business or those that are in the business and they're maybe struggling a little bit. And, and I started putting together these programs and uh, I've, got, I've got guys, gals that, I, I have to back up for one second. Yes, it's a business and a business needs to be profitable. It needs to be successful. I don't accept failure. I don't, go, I don't want to go backwards in anything that I get my hands on. Window washing wealth is exactly the same way. So there's a money aspect to this obviously as well. But you know what my real thrill is? When somebody hires their first person. Yeah. They hire that first admin. They just brought on a supervisor. They went from 1,000 to 5,000 to 20,000. That's when I pinch myself and that's when I say, it's all worth it. I'm changing people's, I have a little, little tiny part of changing people's lives a little bit. I have guys, I have one guy came on board, been in business four years. He went from nine to $19,000 a month in three months. I have a guy that came, been in business about a decade, just kind of a one man show. We immediately implemented my acquisition program. He got two acquisitions. He popped his revenue from eleven to thirty-four thousand a month within thirty days. My number one guy, he brand new to the business, came to my boot camp. I do a three-day boot camp for the licensees, and we go over everything. That you don't sleep those nights <laughs> that you're there. He we laid his, we we laid his foundation, his platform to his business. This was in January, just this couple few months ago, February, put it all together. He's in a climate that doesn't really dictate residential yeah. so much at that time. March, he did 20,000 his first month. Wow. April, 52,000. May, 74,000. Good Lord. June, on the books, 100,000. He says it'll probably be 84,000. You know, there's a balance of help and jobs that are coming in. Now, that's an exception to the rule. Yeah, but that's still impressive. That's holy crap. That's amazing. It is. It's window yeah. cleaning. It's pressure washing. It's gutter cleaning. It's, 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 yes, he's an astute business guy. He, he's raring to go. But I, I have another guy, been in business a decade, and one two-man show, stuck, super guy. I love all these licensees. I love them all. They're just, just great people. We all have such, we all have the same vision. We, we all yeah. want to go somewhere. He added 100000 his second year with me, or his first full year with me, his second year going into a second year. And it's story after story. I have another guy out west. He added $3,800 a month in storefronts in four months. That's, that's almost a $50,000 a year income. Yeah. When I talk about commercial storefronts, that's permanent residual income as long as you maintain your losses. Four months, a $50,000 a year business just like that. Yeah. And it's story after they're all starting to come out of the woodwork now because this window washing well thing is new. It's only a couple years in. That's great. So that's window washing well. Thank all you right. for uh, having me talk about it. Yeah, that. no, I'm happy to. You know, when my so I uh was talking to my friend Mike Dalkey, who's our mutual friend and great guy. He had Love said that guy. Yeah, well, and he said the same about you, you know, and he said, Listen, if you want a good guy in your show, he's the man. You know, Jim's the man. Uh, he just, he said, you're, you're a great person. You have a heart where you love to help people. And, and then of course bragged about just your, uh, business acumen and and ability to make things happen. So, uh, I, I already thought you were impressive from my, my limited observations. And then when I have a guy like Mike Dalkey, and I'm going to tell you, 
Dalkey does not, um, he does not hand out compliments. Now he'll hand out, um, nice things you know he'll 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 be pleasant to you and very you know hospitable but uh he does not if he says something nice about you you have something to to be proud of so uh so that was good enough for me so guys if you want to learn more about it you can go to windowwashingwealth.com and you can also go to windowwashingwealth.com slash testimonials if you want to read some of the uh, test- some of the testimonials, of course, of the people that have went through the program and still are in the program. Um, so, Jim, I got one more thing we need to talk about, and then we're going to be signing off here. This is a question that I ask all of my guests, and really the way you answer this question is going to be how myself – uh, myself and all my listeners are going to judge who you are as a person based on how you answer this next question. All right. So pressure's on. the pressure's on. Uh, so imagine you're locked into like a rodeo arena. So, you know, you've, you've probably been to a rodeo at one point in your life, maybe. Yeah, or, you know, you've seen one on TV or something, right? On TV. There you go. Okay. All right. So you're in this rodeo arena and uh, you're out there by yourself and you can see in the distance, you know, on the other end, there's the gate that can open up or like the bulls can come through and stuff like that. And you have a decision that you have to make because you're about to have a fight to the death and you have to choose your opponent. So that door's going to open in just a moment and you have to choose, are you going to fight one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses. So you got to choose, fight to the death, one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses. I do Krav Maga, one of my other passions. Okay. So I'm probably going to go after the well, I don't know. I got to think about this for a yeah, second. Yeah, this is a tough one. And I hope you choose correctly because I like you so far, but that can all go downhill if you make the wrong choice. So no pressure. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> a thousand pound duck. I, well, is that how much a horse weighs? I would imagine probably a thousand pounds or maybe more. I don't know how much a big horse weighs, but we'll say a thousand, a 1500 pound duck. Yeah. That's a big duck. Yeah. And yeah, they're scary. That's, uh, I mean, a thousand pounds, it's, it's, that's a hunk there. So I've got, that's like 300 pounds less than my mother-in-law. I'm just to give some perspective. So <laughs> <laughs> love you, Rhonda. <laughs> I am probably going to, uh, I know I can run faster than the thousand pound duck, but I don't know what proximity he's going to be at with me or how big this rodeo arena is, so I might not be able to have a chance. He's a duck. He can fly. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I'm probably going to go after the, uh, the multiple uh, little horses. Little duck-sized horses. Okay. Duck-sized horses that are in there because these are little. These I, can, I, can, I think I can hold my own and navigate out of that arena, that, that rodeo arena. Um, well, you can't get out. You have to fight them. Well, if I can't get out, then I'm going after the thousand pound duck. I'll put my skills to work and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go after the thousand pound duck because I know there's just, 
All I got to do is find a couple of pressure points, find a couple of moves that's that's gonna that's gonna change the game a little bit on that animal. He he can't uh, he can't see completely around himself. He could probably he can fly though to get away, but I can disable him. Yeah, because I mean, obviously he's gonna have to come to you to to engage. So eventually you're gonna be within striking distance. I will tell you this because you practice Krav Maga, I'm not gonna call you crazy. Most people that pick the the poor sized duck i think you got to be kidding me you're freaking crazy but if you're a trained killer eh, who, who am i to, to, <laughs> to question your, your your fighting ability so i always say the duck are the the little ones because i just think and they can't hurt me i can just step on them and uh do you know daniel dixon by chance he's uh the new sin gym ceo over there with josh and all those guys and no i don't know him okay well he was just on the show and he said i wouldn't even i'd, I'd pick the little ones but I wouldn't even um, uh, I wouldn't even kill one. I would just pick him up and just like beat the hell out of him in front of the other ones and just make an example and then just kind of let him, you know, kind of leave him there bloodied and all the others would be scared and run away. And I thought, that's not a bad strategy. So, I'm like, <laughs> um, so Jim, thank you for humoring me on that. I, some people, I get feedback on the duck uh, question and they just think I'm crazy. Other people love it. So if you don't like it, Guys, maybe I'm just not the podcast for you. I like the horse duck question. Um, so everyone, thank you for listening again of the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. If you've made it this far, that kind of makes me think that you probably like what you're listening to. So let me ask a favor of you. If you get value out of this show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Um, it's a little bit of effort on your part and it makes a really big impact for me. Uh, this is a, a, a project that I love and it's a, something I'm passionate about. And if you're getting some value out of it, just leave me a little review. That's, that's the payment that I ask for for listening to the show. And uh, I'm going to sign off like I do almost every week and say this. If you're not doing the things that you love in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Go out there, make it happen. Peace out.